This line that finishes our gospel readings today, by your perseverance you will secure your lives. I always think of um, an old friend, Father Victor Mosley, who passed away um, about six or seven years ago, but he was uh, part-time at our chaplaincy, our, our Newman Center in Champaign, where I went to school. And he was kind of famous uh, in Catholic circles. He was a missionary, an Xavier missionary in Sierra Leone for decades and wrote a book called Running for My Life because he was um, captured by rebel warlords there and held prisoner for um, a long time until Pope John Paul II actually negotiated for his release. And uh, he got out of there. He was originally Italian, but then um, went with the Xavierans to, to the United States and kept petitioning to go back to Sierra Leone um, to be with his people, whom he had served for so long. But his order said, no, the warlords are out to get you. You can't go back. But his love for the people there uh, was so strong that he wanted to go back. At one point, he was uh, in charge of 33 schools, and 6,000 children attended these schools. Uh, very poor country, obviously torn apart by, by war and rebellion and uh, corruption. And... Uh, he was standing on the steps one day. We knew all these stories about him. He was standing on the steps of our chapel in Champagne, and just a few of us were kind of like standing around. It was a nice day. And just sort of out of nowhere, he looks at us and he says, By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. <laughs> he had this very intense way of talking. And I didn't even know where that was from. I supposed it was from the Bible, but <laughs> I later found out it's from this discourse of Jesus on the, on the apocalypse, on the tribulations that are sure to come to all who believe in him. Uh, and this man had lived it out. I remember one story in particular where he had lovingly built this chapel. He wanted a beautiful chapel for his people and a particular, uh, particularly a tabernacle to house the Eucharist. And he had asked the people to donate their precious metals, their golds and silvers and whatnot, um, and gotten all sorts of artisans and smiths together to build this beautiful tabernacle. And no sooner had it been constructed and consecrated, and the Eucharist was in there, that the rebels came in and destroyed it, desecrated the Eucharist, pounded uh, the thing to smithereens, and took all the, the gold away. And then he did it again, and built it up, and, and people donated again, even though what they'd given had been stolen. And three times they built this tabernacle, until finally the warlords just left them alone. This man lived perseverance. perseverance by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. That in the midst of all of this suffering and destruction and futility, seemingly, that a man could continue to hold on to hope was so inspiring. And it was, as Jesus says, the way he saved his soul. You will secure your lives by your perseverance if you do not get discouraged, if you do not give up hope. Trials and tribulations are sure to come. You will suffer in this life. But how do you hold on to hope? In this gospel today, the whole conversation starts when people are pointing out to Jesus the things in the temple. This, this was the second temple built after the Babylonian exile about 500 years before Christ. And it was destroyed about 50 years after Christ. Uh, and he's foreshadowing that this temple will be destroyed. This was the most precious possession of all uh, of Judaism. This uh, monument to God's glory and the place where God literally, metaphysically, like, met earth, that the sacrifice in the Holy of Holies was the closest one could be to God. And it had all this gold and votive offerings and beautiful things that had cost lots of money and taken tons of time to make. He said, 
There's coming a day when not one stone will be upon another stone. This is all going to be destroyed. And he's right. It's not there anymore. He said, but in three days, I will raise it up. You know, like the, the, something will endure, something more important. While the brick and mortar of our institutions might crumble, what Jesus is saying is there's something deeper and more important and more essential that endures. That's what we believe as Catholics, is that Jesus is here and now alive in the church and that he's promised to be here until he comes again and that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That doesn't mean that all of our buildings are going to be still standing when he comes or that all of our projects and everything that we do and all the things we pour our hearts into won't come apart and decay and fall down. But we must hold on to hope and persevere because that's how we gain our very lives. I was uh, in the sacristy before the Requiem Mass at St. John Cantius uh, a few weeks ago with Father Joshua, who's just been elected the Superior General of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius, and he's my age. And I was about to preach the homily, and we're both standing back there like, how did we get here? <laughs> like, what, it, what are we doing uh, as priests and in, in this setting and with lots of responsibility in our way? Um, and Father Joshua just looks at me and he laughs. And he goes, God doesn't need people with skills. He needs people with hope. <laughs> and that really struck me. And I think he's right. And I've prayed about that. that. The things we do in this world for God, the things that God gives us to do, the particular mission that we have, he doesn't call us because we're really good at stuff or because he needs us for some project or he's delegated us because we're better than him at it. No, he wants us to participate in the redemption of the world, the restoration. Um, but it's going to take hope. Because th- this is the thing, that Jesus is telling them all of this shortly before he's about to go die. He's about to go carry his cross, be rejected, be forsaken, betrayed by his friends, and finally nailed to a cross and laid in a tomb. And he doesn't want them to be discouraged. Because what they'll finally see when he rises from the dead, ascends into heaven, completes the Paschal Mystery, and finally sends the Holy Spirit to to be the soul of the church so that his body, his incarnation, can stretch on until the end of time, that we can become one with him, in communion with him. What they haven't been able to see yet, but that they will, and sometimes we forget, is that our story is his story. Christ sums up all of human history. The miracle of his birth his tragic rejection and death and his glorious resurrection, that's our story. That's what we're doing. And we are, in the measure that we, uh, we cleave ourselves to him, that we, we hope in him and persevere in our faith, that we will experience that here and now, even as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, when all will make sense, when all will rise from their graves and, and all of the suffering and all the all the things we've had to endure in these trials and tribulations until we come to the fullness of seeing God face to face will make sense. God doesn't need people with skills. He needs people with hope. To hang on to that hope. To know that he is trustworthy. And that by our perseverance, we will gain our very lives.